What's going on, everybody? We are back with a Real Bodybuilding Podcast, episode number 25, and I am here with somebody that has been uh, on my radar for about a year now, uh, Mr. Hunter Labrada. Yeah, it only took us like seven different tries to get the date set, too, so we just got to make sure we uh, <laughs> make sure we give the people what they want on this one, right? Yeah, me and you, we went back and forth a few times. You got a busy schedule, I got a busy schedule, but I think we're finally going to nail it down. So how's everything going? Man, I can't complain. It's uh it's it's been it's been a long and weird year with a very big, big, very large down and then we're uh on our way up from for a very big up right now, you know, definitely. So, I, I I know a lot of people who follow you, those who don't follow you, you went through uh shoulder surgery. Yeah, so um I guess I'll, I'll give I'll, I'll give the backstory because you know people who watch your stuff might not watch my stuff, so I'll give like a little three minute backstory of what happened. But uh sure. So last year, um, I did two shows. It was always the plan. I was going to do two shows. Those two shows were Junior USAs and Nationals. Um, the previous year, I had one what I considered to be the biggest show in Texas, the Europa, the amateur okay. part of the Europa, you know, the yep. regional show, if you will. So one that, I was like, all right, ready to go get my feet wet the National Show. So we said, we're going to do Junior USAs for sure. And if things go how we expected them to go, we're going to go do Nationals later in the year. So... Went to Junior USA's. Junior USA's went how we expected it to go. The How'd you do as a Junior USA? I won uh, the Supers and the overall for the Junior USA. I got a question about that before you move on. Did I see correct? Did your dad give you the trophy at that show? Um, not at the Junior USA's. I do not believe. Um, that which, one's a bit of a blurb. At Nationals, he gave me my trophy, which is okay, the okay. picture that you've probably seen, which is really cool. Okay, I won't. Sorry, I yeah, won't interrupt. So you did the Junior USA. You won the Junior no, USA. No, no. No, it's, it's funny you said that because that picture, it's one of the cooler pictures I have for bodybuilding so far because that's actually the same stage that he won his class at at Nationals like 34 years before. Like, Are you serious? Same, same stage, same building, like hadn't changed. Like, yeah, so it's a okay. cool story. Okay, I got, a, I got a whole bunch of questions about you and your dad, but I don't want to divert from your, your Yeah, no, your, so we'll, your, we'll get back to the shoulder story and we yeah. can get into a, a little segment on Lee and I for sure. I know people want to hear about that, but uh, yeah. So I got done with the first show, prep wouldn't have gone any smoother if I wanted it to, you know, nothing hurt, no nicks, no bruises, my knees held up well to the cardio, like, really was like picture perfect prep, looked awesome, felt good, won the show, won the overall, could have been drier, came away with great notes, that was also my first time working with Vu, so that was our first show that we did together. Lou, 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 uh, Andrew, Andrew Vu, Vu. Oh, I don't know who that is. Okay, so Andrew Vu, he's out of Dallas. Uh, he preps uh, quite a few um, amateur competitors and then had quite a roster at the Olympia this year. He uh, okay. preps Natalia Coelho, the girl that took third in women's physique. He prepped okay. uh, John Jewett, who took fourth in his Olympia really? debut. Okay. And uh, he's got a couple other uh, guys. And then um, what's, what's her name? Jessica. Jessica uh, uh, Padilla, who got third okay. and figure so he had quite a few like olympians that did well this year and uh yeah um so yeah him and i have been together since uh right we basically shook hands at the olympia and said let's do this after i won the europa so we had like one long off season together and then got to business last year but um so yeah got done with that first show everything felt awesome you know we're like okay let's push a rebound real hard definitely want to pick up some size you know because I was going to be a super, like, 100% like for sure, hands down. You know, juniors, I weighed in at, you know, 238. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, a, like okay, well, maybe we can make heavies for nationals. No, it was we yeah. need to pick some thighs up and let's, you know, make sure we're ready for yeah. nationals with the supers. So 
uh, had a nice little rebound for about four or five weeks. You know, everything was awesome. My family trip to Florida right after the trip, trained with my dad. And uh, I guess back up, went to the Cal Pro the week before that, actually got to train like James Hollingshead and Sasserati and a bunch of the guys from the UK. Like, it really was like picture perfect post show. Like, it was like love yeah. and life. Everything was awesome. Yeah. Rebounding great, you know, it was getting huge again. And I'm in Florida with my dad, and we're just training, you know, like bullshitting around. Not bullshitting around, but, you know, it's like it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a deload week, really. Yeah. So I'm training with him, and it's a push workout. And we're, I never feel anything, you know, like pop, never feel anything weird, like nothing. Get done training, though, you know, I, I pose for Lee to take some pictures. And uh, and I notice, like, my shoulder's, like, not externally rotating like it normally does. And it feels a little hitch, you know. I'm like, okay, whatever. I just train push, you know. Shoulder's usually pretty effed off by the time yeah. I get that training push anyways wake up the next morning I feel like someone hit me in the back of my shoulder with a baseball bat and really I'm like, fuck at, at this point though I'm still like okay it was a little weird yesterday you probably like slept on it weird last night like whatever it'll yeah. be fine and you know shoulders rolled around for the while we were in Florida and you know like did like a real like just light BS shoulder workout and it, was, it was painful I was like okay well yeah. whatever we'll get home and we'll, we'll, we'll get to it just like something and you know, got home, tried getting the better, tried getting the better, and just it kept on devolving and devolving and devolving into a point where, you know, like, Missy and I, we walked into the gym and to train shoulders, and I always start with, like, rear delts training shoulders, and yeah. she did her first warm-up set, and I got on there to do my first warm-up set, and I couldn't do the weight she was using for her warm-up set without wow. my shoulder feeling like it was, like, getting ice picked. So, like, you know, I threw a fucking temper tantrum at the gym, basically, and at that point, I was like, all right, and I had an MRI schedule the next day. Needed to figure out what was now, going on. Now, one sec. I want to interrupt you. So is this after Nationals or before this Nationals? Is after, this is after Junior USA's. Yeah, but before the Nationals. Way before Nationals. Okay, okay. This okay, is all on. happening about 20, 22 weeks out from Nationals, right? Okay, now. okay, go on. So, um, like, okay, shit, this isn't a little ding. This isn't going away. It's getting worse, and it's, like, keeping me from doing side laterals with 10 pounds, let alone actually yeah. being able to train. So need to figure out what's going on. Uh, go get an MRI, um, and then take it to three different doctors, one of which ended up being the doctor that did my surgery. Um, he was like the ortho for the, uh, the rockets and the Astros. And then I went and saw, what did they tell you it was, what was the diagnosis? So I'll I'll get to it, but, um, so I went and saw three different doctors and, uh, um, you know, one of them was like, no, you're good. One of them was like, you, this is going to be something that needs to be surgically repaired. And one of them was like, uh, you could probably get by for a little bit, but it's going to need to be repaired eventually. Yeah. Essentially, what had happened is when I was 16, I played football all the way through high school and um, my first college. But uh, when I was 15, um, I broke my arm up here and dislocated my shoulder at the same time playing football. And the shoulder was never really right from then on, like when it uh-huh. healed and everything. But, you know, never really paid too much mind to it. But, you know, fast forward 12 years of banging on it and, you know, it had gotten bad. Basically, the uh, long head of your bicep, you know, shoulder anatomy, I'm assuming at this point. Yeah. All the stuff you know, you know where it anchors in at your leg, it rides down and then through the bicep little groove. Basically, I don't have a transverse humeral ligament in this arm anymore. So that long head of the bicep was just riding in and out of the bicep little groove for 12 years and had basically rubbed itself in half. So oh, shit. Yeah. So at the at the point we were at when we got the MRI, it didn't present in a sense that like it had almost rubbed in half. It just had presented in a stance that, you know, okay, there's some degenerative fraying here. You don't have your transverse humeral ligament, so it's gonna continue yeah. to ride in and out and this fraying is gonna turn into something bad eventually and you will need to get it fixed. 
Yeah. You know, the surgeon that uh, ended up doing the surgery was of the opinion, like when I explained to him what I do, the level at which I wanted to do, and how long I need to be able to do it for, he's like, okay, well, you know, if you're a normal person, I'd say, no, you can push, but if you're wanting to do this for 10 years, you need to have the surgery now. So I didn't like his opinion. Anyways. Yeah, and yeah. so went and saw um, a different doctor uh, who's actually the uh, ortho for the Texans. He's like, no, we can get you through the show for nationals. And I was like, all right, I like your opinion a lot more, right? Yeah, <laughs> go, yeah, go yeah of course. Yeah. And so um, basically for the nationals prep, um, every three weeks I would go see this doctor and I'd get a PRP and Toradol shot, ultrasound guided in the bicep tendon. How often were you doing it? Like every three or four weeks. And it okay. wasn't necessarily so much for the PRP as it was for the Toradol. Toradol yeah. for someone that doesn't know is injectable anti-inflammatory. Yeah. And, uh, but the thing with that is it's not a corticosteroid because whenever I got my second MRI, it was with dye. So they did the contrast dye with the corticosteroid. Okay. And that made my shoulder feel like a hundred percent better for like a week. So, you know, whenever he saw how well it responded to that corticosteroid, he was like, I think Toradol will make it feel better. But obviously, you know, you can't use corticosteroids. It makes your tendons brittle. You'll pop it in half. That's right. Basically, we, uh, yeah, basically got held, held my arm together with duct tape and bubble gum and tore it all, and we prepped for nationals, and I've never to this extent or degree told this story, but now that yeah. the dust is settled, and I don't think people think I'm trying to sound like Billy Badass saying it, yeah, um, yeah basically trained for nationals with one arm tied behind my back, like I yeah. didn't do a free weight press the whole time, I didn't do a bicep curl for the last 10 weeks, really? um, yeah, like literally zero biceps for the last 10 weeks. The only kind of pressing I was doing was on machines because I couldn't kick free weights up. And yeah. I had like zero. And yeah, and so I had to have the surgery, basically. And when I woke up from the surgery, um, I guess I'm like jumping all around right now. So got, obviously got through nationals with the injury. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Won my class, won the overall at nationals. Um, and, uh, you know, like, like I said, it was kind of one of those held together by duct tape and bubble gum things. You okay, know, like, let me... So, okay, okay. Keep going. So, you after Nationals, how long after Nationals did you decide to have surgery? So, after Nationals, we were like, all right, well, for the better part of the year, you have been blasting your body. You have been on, because I died on trace fats pretty much from 10 weeks in. You know, you've okay, been yeah. on no fat, so your body's all inflamed. Yeah, yeah. I'm also super high carb, guys. You know, like I'm eating 800, 900 grams of carbs during that rebound and for the first couple <laughs> weeks of preps. You know, it's like yeah. my body's just all inflamed and angry and hasn't had a yeah. chance to recover and all the stuff we do pre-contest doesn't help joints or tendons either. Of course. So yeah, yeah. We're like, okay, got done with nationals and I was like, all right, I'm going to give this two or three months of, you know, the sole focus being on getting it better, both, you know, yeah. through the supplementation, through the anabolics, through like everything. Like the only focus was going to be on getting the shoulder better. So, yeah. you know, I really did throw the book at it, you know, like soft tissue, all different modalities of therapies. Um, we were hitting with BPC-157, TB-500, yeah. um, you know, obviously. Kept, did you notice uh, Did you notice anything with all that? Because I've tried that. The peptides definitely helped. And, you know, I like, I've become like, you know, like the resident like shoulder expert amongst my friend group yeah. for when it comes to pain. I've recommended it to a lot of people too, and they've experienced yeah. pretty positive results with it as well. It comes okay. down to finding, you know, like legit peptides. And before you ask, I really don't know the company. I had to ask around whenever I want. No, no, I got you. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, kind of hit or miss on finding good ones. And, you know, yeah. kind of one day they're good and the next day they're not when it comes to those things Yeah. too. But yeah, so through the book at it and, uh, you know, but probably like February rolls around, 
down. So winning nationals, it was not like the physique I have. It's no secret that to be competitive in the open class, getting up next to y'all, that you know, like while my legs m- might be pretty much there, like my upper body needs another ten to twelve pounds. Like, yeah. like yeah. plain and simple, my upper body needs ten to twelve pounds. Yeah. And, yeah. Plain and simple at that point, you know, it's like I can't push hard enough to train like I need to to put size on. Yeah. It was one thing when you're training to preserve tissue, you know, like whatever. Like yep. it was I wanted to beat my head against a fucking wall every day because I hated yeah. training the way I had to. I know. But, you know, I could maintain yeah. the tissue training that way. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with the gain tissue the way that I was having to train due to the pain. So at that point, I was like, all right, it's, it's time to do this. So I uh, scheduled the surgery and I actually had the surgery. Um, three days, two days after I got home from the Arnold this year, March okay. 6th. Okay. So, you know, like we went there and me and Misty were there and, you know, she, it was her first year at the Arnold. So, you mm. know, like I was like, I, I, I'm not going to lie. She put up with a lot in terms of before I had that surgery and after that surgery, yeah. but at that point I was already, you know, like shitty diaper about how bad everything hurt. But, you know, we put a face on and took her to the powerhouse. It's always a zoo and we trained yeah. and stuff. And then, you know, tried to get a workout in with Joe um, Bennett, the hypertrophy coach. Yeah, I do a lot of work yeah. with him. And, you know, like, my shoulder was so busted up, it, like, wasn't even worth training. So it's just, like, yeah. I was bad taste in my mouth, ready to get home and get it done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the story about what happened last competitive season in terms of what I was dealing with uh, going into nationals. I really – that's this is honestly the first place I've told that story in that much detail. So Yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's thank one you. One thing, yeah. But we're gonna. I want to get a little deeper into it because I saw one of your posts uh, that you posted on Instagram about being depressed leading up to the surgery, and I think that's a lot of people. What a lot of people don't get about us, because I've been through a lot of my own injuries, and uh, I don't think people understand the mental uh, drain it takes when you have to, like you said, you can't go. You go in, you can't train, you can't do the things you want to do. I mean, I don't know if you're anything like me. My day is good or bad depending on how my my gym session went so yeah yeah. so like when i'm injured or when something's like fucked up it uh it kind of ruins my day ruins my mood so you're getting ready for surgery you're talking about depression maybe you can explain a little bit of that and when it started exactly like before your surgery oh tighten go over here buddy i know you want to be part of the podcast over (laughs) yeah so um I don't know. So ever since I've been, you know, tw- me being out of the gym from this surgery was the longest I had been out of the gym since I had been 12 years old. Okay. I started playing football. I, I played hockey. You'd appreciate this. You're Canadian. I played <laughs> hockey from the time I was four until the time I was 13, like at a pretty high level here in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's so, like I was super small but super scrappy. And, you know, like yeah. my size never had been a problem really because, yeah. you know, like, it never had been a problem. Yeah. Not the case when you play football in Texas. You need to have size. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, really and truly, you know, fell in love with the weight room at, at 12. And, you know, I had some decent genetics, right? So, you know, the, uh, the, the effort that I put in definitely was rewarded. You know, like I watched yeah. my body change. You know, like literally every single year from the time I was in seventh grade until I was in twelfth grade, I put on you know like fifteen to eighteen pounds a year, and not like stage weight like we call it in grand. Yeah, I was yeah. growing that way still, but yeah. you know, I played my seventh grade football season at you know like four foot eleven and eighty pounds dripping wet, and then <laughs> yeah. my senior season I was you know five foot eight, two hundred and five pounds, and you know like sub eight percent body fat. I was yeah. a pretty stocky kid, especially for being eighteen years old. Yeah, yeah. So. 
you know, like, it was just one of those things, like, I'd been so long that the gym had been, like, my outlet to deal with it, because I'm, like, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not, like, a very, like, I, I get in my head a lot, is probably the best way to say it, I'm not, like, I, I deal, I deal, I deal with, like, really bad bouts of depression here and there, just, that, okay. just uh, to deal with them, you know, let alone whenever there's an external stimulus that's causing something like that, so, you know, the gym had always been kind of the way that, you know, like I dealt with that, you know, you'll be days yeah. you don't want to get out of bed, but you're not, you're like, you get out of bed, eat your fucking breakfast, get yeah. your ass to the gym. And when I walk out of the gym, I'm like, okay, life's not so bad. Like, let, let, let's get it. Yeah, and you know, like, right. I didn't have that, 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 that outlet. And it just, it, 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 it put me in a weird place. And then obviously, you know, I had just won nationals in November Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that was like literally like, you know, like the highest high, and, you know, like three months, four months later, we're experiencing the lowest low. And, you know, like in the wake of that nationals, obviously, you know, you're, you're I, I had won nationals, you know, like I have my last game, you know, like I look good winning nationals. Like I had a good physique. So you know, yeah. like I had a lot of guest posings and appearances lined up for this yeah. year. And like, a lot of people don't think about it from that standpoint, but like no. my income took a significant hit, you know, this year because of having to sit out from that surgery. And that's right. It was just, it, it was like, it, it was everything about it bummed me out because I yeah. wanted to be traveling around seeing people. I wanted to be, yeah. you know, like, you know, like, I don't know, like carrying the mantle of being last year's yeah. national champion, at least for this year, you know, yeah. I know it's not like the biggest deal ever. It's not like I'm Mr. Olympia or something, but no, you know, it is. I was the best bodybuilder in the country yeah. last year. I wanted yeah, to carry that mantle and at least show people that. And that was a bummer not to be able to do that. Yeah. And then, you know, just obviously, you know, you just went through it yourself, watching your body just... Turn to, turn to, turn really, to merch. Yeah. Really messes with you. Really but, wait, but wait a minute. Let's, so let's... So your state of mind was okay until you had the surgery. But you're talking about after the surgery, you kind of went into this funk. I, I was pretty... Before the surgery, I wasn't in a funk. I was just kind of like a bear to be around from how much pain yeah. I was in, honestly. Yeah. Like, I was I was like in pain all day long. Like it wasn't yeah. like, oh, I couldn't train. It was like, no, like getting in my truck. Like if I picked my arm up around to open up the door, yeah. it almost dropped me kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. All day long, it was just a lot to deal with. So I was in like a funk from the pain before. But like after, when I had the surgery, it was it, it was because of the surgery. And that's like when it really went down and i really messed myself up headed into this and uh I, i've told them both this before so it's funny it's not news to them but branch warren and guy sister nino really fucked with my head with this one because <laughs> <laughs> i'm friends with both of them obviously they're yeah. gas family that like you are but uh yeah. i talked with both of them before i had my procedure because guy literally had the same exact procedure yeah. i had done to both of his shoulders okay. and then branch had the procedure i had done in addition to some other stuff on one of his so yeah. I was like, guys, what should I expect? You know, like, how long was it before, you know, like, you were feeling good? And, you know, Guy, he was at fucking destination at, like, this, this, this uh, you know, like, gas reunion or yeah. gas anniversary thing or whatever, still with the fucking stitches in his shoulder and, like, actually able to do stuff still. Yeah. Not the smartest thing ever, but, you know, he goes, yeah. oh, dude, I was, like, back, you know, like, banging on it, like, like you know, like, 12 weeks and, like, really yeah. feeling good at 16. Yeah. And Branch said around the same thing. Yeah. When I got to three months, when I got to my 12 weeks, like, dude, I could barely lift my arm up still. Really? Like, it was significant. Like, like it was bad still. So, let me, was- let, me, let me back up a bit. So, you're going through, like, okay, when I had my tricep surgery, I started to feel the way you felt, but I didn't let it linger. I kept going to the gym and just, like, I don't know if you saw any of the pictures. Like, I would do video. I would do, like, one-arm bench press or, like. Oh, bro, so let me, let me tell you this. That, that's. 
one thing. So five days post-op, I was in the gym training legs. Yeah. Two yeah. weeks post-op, I was back to training the non-operative side because I was like comfortable enough to be able to, to move that. Yeah. I was still, I, I literally, it, 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 and I said this, I made a post about this the other day. We're talking about posts we've made. Yeah. And uh, I, I saw the before and after Andrew sent it, my coach, actually, it was, you know, the picture of when I was like two weeks after I was first started clearing, clearing yep. me back in the gym. And then my like most recent, most muscular. Oh, I saw day. that. I saw that yeah. comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, like I talked about it in the comment, you know, like what's the first thing that happened like, after I looked at it? Like, first reaction was, oh, that's fucking cool. And yeah. then, you know, the second reaction was, you know, like I got really, 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 you know, like emotional about it. You know, yeah. like, thinking about, you know, like how far I had come both in the headspace and with the physique. And, you know, like I boiled it down for people. It's like, you're not always going to be motivated. You're not always going to want to do things. And, you know, like after going through that surgery and that recovery and the rehab, you know, like the thing that I always did, no matter what, was always show up. Yeah. You know, yeah. It doesn't take any fucking talent to show up. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't take anything besides you making a choice to show up. You know, yeah. I show up to my rehab and like I'm good friends with my therapist. He's a younger guy. And so it's like, you know, like I show up to my rehab, I would be in a terrible fucking mood. You know, like I'd give a hundred percent effort for the exercises, but you know, like a bear to be around. And yeah. you know, as time went on, you know, like you know, like I'd show up and I'd be able to do something that I couldn't even begin to do a week ago, and I could do it yeah. five times this time. The next week, I'd show up and I could do it ten times, and it didn't yep. hurt. And we progress this, and you know, it's like more and more. You just keep on showing up, keep on showing up, keep on showing up, and before you know it, it's like okay, we were doing. 20 minutes was worth of rehab shit in this clinic and then going out on the gym floor and I was actually lifting and getting a pump. Yeah. It's like, you just hit a point where you've reached enough, you know, like small yeah. little milestones in your rehab to start feeling good about yourself again. And yeah. I think that's when I turned the corner and, you know, like having a good mindset, you know, like period. I, I, said I, was, I was a bear to be around. No, I know. Yeah. And that's, I think and that's it's when I was able to really turn that corner and feeling like, okay, I am recovering tunnel because you know i get three months when my arm felt like that i was like well fuck is this you know like he's like you read all the time about people having sh surgeries and wishing they didn't have them especially with shoulders yeah and it's like yeah. you know i'm like well shit did i make the wrong choice but yeah you know just kept on the, showing up and it happened the important thing i think about the reason i asked you that is a lot of people when they get in a funk they just kind of give up and the, yeah. important, the important thing I think people need to take from that is from me and from you, because we both kind of did the same thing, is we just kept going. Like, even if you're not going full blast, if you're, even if you're not still military pressing three plates or whatever, like you just got in there and did legs or whatever. So I think that's what kept you going through it. And like you said, before you know it, it's three months later and you're like, mm -hmm. your, your current photos look almost just as good as your before the surgery. Yeah, well, honestly, you know, like besides catching the arm up a little more, the biggest I ever got last year before anything, I was 269 pounds fasted before we started prep for nationals. And that's after I'd been eating my feelings for like five weeks because I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it. Like, I was like fat, fat, like fat, yeah, fat. Yeah, and, like right yeah. now I'm waking up, I woke up this morning at 265 fasted and I'm not fat. I'm, I'm lean. Yeah, like not yeah. like lean, lean, but you know, like stride quad, six pack yeah. intercostals, like lean still. That's so, good. you know, it's like, this, this is the biggest I've ever been, you know, I still got to catch that arm up a little more, but we're into uncharted territory in terms of everything else, which is where I need to be with next year's, <laughs> with next yeah. year's plans. So let me ask you, so we skipped over a whole bunch of stuff in there. So, okay. First, how old are you? I'm 27. 27. So you still got a long way to go. When did you turn pro last year? 26? Yeah. 26. Okay. I, I want to get into... Okay, so I have a lot of questions because 
nobody in my family did bodybuilding or anything like that. So I'm curious when you're a kid and your dad's Lee the Brada, what is that like? Is it like, I want to do what he's doing or is it like, Oh, that's cool. But I want to do this shit over here. Okay. So the, uh, the, the view I have on my dad and it's, it's funny, like a little extra, like I always call my dad Lee most of the time and <laughs> okay. you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe the amount of shit I catch for it. Like on YouTube videos and stuff that yeah. I put out and it's like, Why? I don't know. Like, it, people say it's like an issue of respect and it's like, you're absolutely right. It's an issue of respect. I, I, I call him Lee because I work for him full time for a year and a half and I'm 28 years old and I don't need to be calling my dad dad in an office environment. I agree with you that. You know, it's like yeah. he's my dad, but he's also you know, like the owner of the company that sponsors me. And, it's, right. uh, you know, it's, so it's like one of those things. And, you know, it's like yeah. we're always in a public setting, you know, like him and I, and, you know, it's like it's it's I don't know. I call him dad behind closed doors for all. I don't fuckers out there who actually care about it <laughs> i don't think it matters man whoever says he's telling the it fuck off matter, but like a lot like yeah. a lot enough people get tuned up about it that i felt the need to say that but i'm surprised i'm surprised that that many people bust your balls yeah. about it yeah so anyway um growing up uh lee was lee and you know because he was he's as good as he was in a small enough sport that it wasn't like you know like if he was like an enough like a hall of fame yeah. running back or like yeah. like a hall of fame basketball player you know like everywhere we go you know like he's getting like bothered and shit like it wasn't like yeah. that you know it's like everyday life you know it'd be like you know like every once in a while someone would be like, oh hey you're lee lebron and it'd be like a high quick buying thing you know yeah. like, I, I knew i knew he was a good bodybuilder you know like he had like these these medals that said olympia hanging in this little shadow box like above yeah. the above the the bar in the living room but you know it's like yeah. beyond that you know like, he, he was just dad um yeah you know, as time went on, you know, like I went to my first like Arnold Classic, first Olympia with them, you know, it's like, and then once you're in an environment where you can actually, you know, like, oh, this is his environment, look how big of a yeah. deal he is. It's like, yeah. okay, well, you know, he is, he is a big deal, you know, and that's before I ever decided that I wanted to do bodybuilding. And mm -hmm. then, you know, as you go farther and farther and farther and fast forward, you know, like through the years, you know, whenever I was like eight, I made the decision I wanted to bodybuild. Sorry to interrupt. How old were you that first time you went with him to the Olympia? man <sighs> approximately if i had to guess my first olympia was you know like somewhere you know like 10 11 12 years old something like so that. you're so you're pretty impressionable at that point you're 10 yeah, years old you see your dad on stage definitely. and all that so it's a big deal well i never got to see him compete per se in a sense that i can remember oh, okay. the last time he retired in 1995 and i was born in 1992 Oh, okay, okay. There's a pretty famous picture floating around of me in the crowd in a little, like, three-piece suit with my mom at the Arnold. <laughs> yeah. And that was the last time I saw my mom, or my mom, my dad compete. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't something that I have, like, actual memory of. But, oh, um, okay, okay. So, you know, years go on, and, you know, I decide when I'm 18 years old, you know, like, I want to bodybuild. I don't want to play football anymore. Because until then, it had been, you're like, I want to play football. And you're like, maybe we can do this bodybuilding thing after to have an outlet. Yeah, but you know, like my senior year of high school football, I avulsion fractured my hip basically. Like in so okay. many words, my quad was strong enough that it pulled off a piece of bone at the growth plate because my isn't growth that, plate still open. Isn't that the Bo Jackson injury? Isn't that a similar? I, think, I believe so. Yeah, similar injury. And yeah, then okay. the other, and then I, uh, I had a pretty bad hamstring strain at the beginning of the season. So okay. for eleven weeks of my senior high school football season, you know, I couldn't do anything with my lower half, so I went to like a bodybuilding push pull split. You know, it's like. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is this is cool. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I like this. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that whole summer. You know, like instead of you know, like really staying on top of like my running and outdoor stuff and skill position specific stuff, 
you know, I just wanted to like eat weights. And yeah, you know, like the yeah. whole summer, that's what I did. And I got yeah. big and, you know, like I went to camp, not really knowing if I wanted to play football or not anymore. And, you know, got up to school and, you know, like when it wasn't high school football with your best friends and it was, you know, college football, that's a 50 yeah. hour time commitment on top of yeah. your school. And me knowing at that point, like at that point, I was like, I definitely want to bodybuild. Yeah. And, you know, like playing football as long as I had, you know, it's not a matter of if you get hurt, it's when and how yeah. bad. And, you know, like at that point, I hadn't had anything that was going to be, you know, like that bad at the time I thought that obviously the shoulder was, but, you know, like no knee stuff, no neck yeah. stuff, no spine stuff. And, you know, I didn't want to deal with that. You know, I wasn't going to play in the NFL. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. There was yeah. a really good chance that I could do bodybuilding at the professional level, okay, you know, like so, just with what I could see at that point. So that, that was a decision that I made. So wait a minute before you go on, when you, did you tell your dad you felt this way? So I'm I, I'm tying this into the, the okay okay go on I just, yeah and I'm tying it into the journey of like all right I just don't want to skip over I don't want to skip over stuff. a bunch of stuff yeah whenever I called my dad and told him that um, he was upset enough to where uh, I had to have a friend pick me up from the airport flying home because I was <laughs> I was up there a month before school started for camp yeah and that was a school in Boston and I'm from Houston okay so. I told him, and I, both him and my mom just absolutely livid, like thinking I'm making really? a stupid brash decision, yeah. like whole, whole nine yards. So it's like get a friend. To okay, wait a minute. I have to interrupt you again. I'm sorry. I just I I just get a lot a lot of questions come up as you're talking. So was your dad upset because he thought you had a chance to play professional football, or he just didn't want you to bodybuild? Period. He, no, it wasn't a thing that he didn't want me to bodybuild, and it wasn't a thing that he thought I was going to be the next NFL star. Him and neither of us had any illusions of me playing football beyond college. Okay. It wasn't that. It was that, you know, like for the last seven years, he had seen me pour my heart and soul into playing football. Yeah. You know, the same way that me and you pour our heart and soul into bodybuilding now. Yeah. And he was like, at the time, you know, like I was an 18-year-old kid who was 600 miles away from home with no friends in the Northeast and a born and raised Texas boy, you know. Yeah. He thought yeah. I was making a decision out of discomfort instead of a decision out of, you know, like okay. what I actually thought was best for me. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I make a joke about him saying, you know, like find a ride home from the airport. You know, it's like yeah. he, he's not like that. Neither. No, no, I know. They're the most supportive people in the whole wide world. But, you know, at the time, that was a decision, you know, I did like, like sideswipe them. Because, yeah. you know, it's like we had, you know, spent a lot of, you know, like time and, you know, like resources, to put it bluntly, you know, like for me to be playing football, you know, like, like his junior and senior year in the States, especially in Texas, if you don't play high school football during the summers, you're going to – all of these camps, combines, showcases, blah, 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 to get in front of coaches, you know, the big time commitment on my parents' part. So they were, they were pretty tuned up about that decision initially. But, you know, like I said, it was one that I was, uh, one, one I was sure I was ready to make. I was, I was done playing football. I didn't enjoy playing football yeah. anymore. I enjoyed training for football more than football. So it was time. So when you get home. And, at that point, I'm, I'm swear I'm tying this into no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Go, yeah, ahead. So yeah, go ahead. At the point that I made that decision, and I like, really was like, okay, I'm gonna be a bodybuilder. And you know, like I really, you know, at that point, you know, like I kind of like loosely followed along, but you know, like I didn't really know my bodybuilding history. I didn't know, you know, like how everything started. And I didn't really like, like I really hadn't spent that much time delving into it. And, you know, like I yeah. truly did, you know, like submerge myself in it because I'm like I'm super duper duper OCD, and so like, anything that I'm interested in, like I like, you know, like just, deep yeah. end with it so you know whether it's you know trucks bodybuilding guns yeah. anything like that yeah. but uh so you know like the more and more time that I spent you know like in that mindset that I want to be a bodybuilder you know the more and more and more I realized how great Lee is 
and how good of a bodybuilder he is you know it's those medals that were were whatever over the bar turned into you know okay he was one of the top four bodybuilders in the world for seven years and you know it's there's tens of thousands of people who are just trying to be a professional at that level and let alone doing it at five foot six 180 pounds and you have people like Lee Haney and Kevin Maroney and Dorothy Gates on stage with you yeah you know so it's whenever I whenever I really decided I wanted to be a bodybuilder and really started to you know like immerse myself in the culture that's when I really had that paradigm shift in from my head from him being just dad because he still is dad in my head like we still butt heads like father and son but yeah. There was the paradigm shift from him being just dad to dad and Hall of Fame top yeah. four seven times at the Olympia Lee Labrada bodybuilder. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. The, the transition happened for sure. So how does that how does that change your I mean, I know you said he's still dad, but how does that change your dynamic at home? Are you now are you are you okay, let me ask you this. Does he go do you go to him for advice now as a bodybuilder? Is he supportive? Like how does how did that transition from him not wanting you to do it to you working so for it. Any ounce of him not wanting me to do bodybuilding was not because he didn't want me to bodybuild. It was because okay. he thought I'm making a rash decision with football. Yeah. So he was after, after he got after he got over that, then what? after that initial disappointment went by, after I came home from my freshman year of school, thirty five pounds heavier because I had buckled down and eaten six times a day and trained <laughs> myself into the dirt. Naturally, yeah, I might yeah. add, he was like, "Okay, he's serious about it and working hard and has the genetics for it." You know, yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like at that point, he's like, "Okay, he's going to do it." You know, I'm obviously a part of it. I'm going to do it with. Okay. So we made that that transition together, and um, you know, people. A lot, I think a lot of people think you know it's like this thing that, like we have completely like internalized, and it's like something that we do just us. Yeah. Um, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah. Um. In terms of actual, you know, like nuts and bolts of bodybuilding, he is, uh, he helps me with my posing. We pose together. Okay. You know, like any, any drug decision, any diet decision, any cardio decision, that's between Andrew and I. And in the same breath, I'll say like, if like we're on the fence about something or something like that, I'll bounce it off of him because this is the really cool part. Not only is he as good of a bodybuilder as he is. But I'm his son. We have the same body chemistry. So yeah. things that worked on him, chances are my body's going to respond the same way to his. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really cool, you know, tool to have in, in, in the waistband for sure when it comes to him. Because yeah. he's been there and done that and, you know, he has experience with a lot of things. So posing and then, you know, like a sounding board for, you, like, you know, the nuts and bolts of bodybuilding. Yeah. But, you know, like beyond that, you know, he has been there and done that is being, you know, like a, a consummate professional when he was competing and then be consummate professional when he finished, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, like, honestly, like I, I, I can count on one hand how many people who have done it at the level that he did it, that got yeah. out of it as unscathed as he did with his health yeah. and have been as successful as, as he has in the wake of his career. Yeah. No, you I know, agree. Like whenever you think about it in that sense, you know, like Jay Cutler. Yeah. Um, There's you know, not many. Yeah. There's not many, you know, Flex Lewis, but he's still active. But, you know, there's not many people that yeah. did it at that level, got out with their health, and had the business success after. So, it, yeah. it, uh, you know, like from that standpoint, it really is invaluable to have someone in, that, in my corner. Because, you know, it's like I wasn't, you know, like after I did nationals, like I wasn't like, oh, okay, well, uh, what, do I, what do I do for guest posings? And yeah. do I need a contract for this? Or do I just do it on a handshake? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, if you do X, Y, Z, we're going to solicit this person. I'm going to get this list for you. You know, it's just, it's just 
like the business end of it, he's been there, done that. So that's, that's an invaluable resource for me for sure. Okay. So the business side of things, you definitely have an amazing resource because most guys your age don't know where to go. They don't know who to call for guest closings. They don't have anybody to look up to, to help them chart their path, I guess. But the, one sec, I think I'm getting some, oh no, I'm good. Uh, I thought I was going to get some feedback. Um, the question, I don't want, I don't want to talk about your dad the whole time, but this is a question I always wonder about like you and Sergio and guys that have that legacy. Does it ever feel like you're, is it ever hard to be Lee LeBron's son? Like, cause you're living in such a big, you know what I mean? It's a really big shoes to fill. Yeah, no. Um, it's pretty funny. Um, Sergio and I talk about this all the time, actually. Um, him and I are in a very unique situation. Yeah. For sure. But, um, his and I's last names very much so are one of those damned if we do and damned if we don't things. <laughs> okay. Talk to him about that. Exactly. If, if, if we, if we do, and I said this right after one national, if we do, it's yeah. that's Lee's son or Sergio's son. And they have all yeah. the resources in the world yeah. behind them. That's what's yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. And if we don't, it's wow. He fucking sucks. How do you, <laughs> how do you lose with those genetics and all those resources behind you? It's you know, so, so true. I make a joke about it. You know, people are going to think that Regardless, I'm going to take the one that involves never losing as an amateur. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true though. But you make you know what's funny? You make light of it, but it's got to affect you in some way because I would be. I mean, it, it it's just tough because you're right. Because if you do well, people are like, "Well, he's lucky. He was born with those genetics." It's almost like you take all the hard work away from you. And see, that's one thing. That's one thing that uh, you know, at least. I, that's one thing I like social media for. Yeah. It's because I feel like you can get a bearing on how hard people work. And I'm not one to really give two shits about what people think about me. Yeah. But if you've kept up with me for any length of time, it's I look the way because of the way that I work. It's not – the genetics are a part of it. But, you know, I feel like yeah. you're able to uh, see, you know, like the level to which people are able to work these yeah. days. And then, you know, like, like I said, I don't give two shits. The people around me, you know, it's like – the people I train with know I'd row through hell in an ice canoe with them. Yeah. You know, the people I train with know that I, I leave every last bit of everything I have. But it's not, but that's not every, what I mean. I, I, I mean, okay, look, you can train really hard in the gym, but somebody still might look at you and go, it's like Cedric. It's like people, people take away Cedric's work ethic because they're like, well, look at his pretty shape. He's born with the perfect genetics. So um, what I'm trying to say is, like, even though you may work... take away from LeBron James' skill because he's six foot seven, two ninety. Hey, I'm not saying it's right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, that, that's always my argument. You know, it's like yeah. people want to talk about, oh, he just looks like that because of the genetics or this or that. Any single person playing at the highest level, yeah. any person that is the best in the world at what they do, they're the best in the world at what they do due to the fact that the stars align and they have these superior genetics with a superior yeah. work ethic or drive. Obviously there are rules to that exception. There's, there's, there's exceptions to that rule. There's exceptions to every rule, yeah. but anyone that's playing on Sundays in the NFL, anyone that's playing in yeah. the NBA, anyone that's playing in the NHL, they didn't get there just on hard work alone. Like I know yeah. there's some stories about people who have no business playing in those leagues, like ending up making it on hard work yeah. and perseverance. But at the end of the day, they were still fucking awesome athletes. No, no, I, I agree. Like, I just, um, Okay. On a more personal level, do you feel like you have to live up to a standard or are you just like, I'm going to work my ass off regardless if that was my dad or not? Like, are you, are you working harder because, you know, your dad's Lee the Brada or are you like, this is what I would be doing anyway? Does it, um, is, it, is it in your mind frame, I guess is what I'm asking. 
Man, honestly, um, it doesn't really come into my mind that I need to work hard because my dad's Lee or I need to work hard because my dad plays top four seven times and I have to do better than that. Yeah, You know, um, I honestly think, you know, like you'll drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Like trying, trying to hold yourself to like a standard that someone else has set. Yeah. You know, um, bodybuilding is really different right now compared to when he was doing it. You know, um, it takes a lot more time to develop a physique. I feel like they can win at the pro level. And, you know, even, even back then, you know, it was with him, it was an issue of, you know, like size versus aesthetics, but I feel like that, that, that gap has gotten even wider in the dangers that we live in. You know, it's like, yeah, you can have all the aesthetics in the world, but it doesn't matter if you're 220 pounds standing next to someone that's 265 on stage. That's right. You know, it's like, it's a balance. It's not mass building, but it's not aesthetics building either. I agree. Everything. You seem to have been able to keep your aesthetics in check, even though you're 265 pounds. Is that something like you're, you've definitely like, are you focused on your stomach? Like, are you, cause you're going to have a, a pretty small waist when you pose. Definitely. So, so um, I, uh, I set out in this knowing this and it's been reinforced the more and more time I spend around bodybuilding. Yeah. I am never going to be the biggest guy on stage, A, because it's not in me genetically, and B, because I'm not going to do what it takes to be that size. There's yeah. life after bodybuilding. I'm not trying to kill myself. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, un- it's uncomfortable enough being the size that I am right now, you know? <laughs> so it's it, it was never one of those things when I got into it. It's, you know, like you're going to make your mark by being the biggest, or you're yeah. going to win shows by being the biggest. No, it, it's not that. It's... I'm, I, for me to be successful, I'm going to have to be a modern day version of Lee. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to be, be getting on stage at, you know, 238 or 242 or 245 even, but just fucking like peeled and with the muscle in all the right places. And, you know, I'll look 20 pounds heavier because of it and I'll be able to stand next to people. But, yeah. you know, the second I start playing that size game, like I said, I don't have, I don't have it in me to get that big. I, yeah. I don't think I'd lose my lines and I wouldn't look as big as I do right now even. No. Because you know, I, I look bigger, you know, like it's, it's this with everybody, but it's so accentuated for me. I feel like I look bigger at 240 pounds contest shape than I do at 270 in the off season. I'm like significantly yeah. so, you know? Yeah. No, I think it's a, it's a, it's a smart strategy keeping your shape because back in the day they used to just push size and push size and push size. And a lot of guys would lose their shape, including me for like, I lost some of my best shape trying to get to 260. So I think you definitely have the right approach. Um, talk about a lot of guys struggle with the whole contract thing post show. Like, who am I going to work for? Who is this? You know, who's out there? Who could, what supplement can I company? Can I go to your dad kind of built an empire and you kind of, I don't want to say you walked into it, but you know, he signed you to the team and you work for your dad. So how is it, what's it like working for your dad and being an athlete for his company? Um, well, let me give you a little background on that. So, um, from the time that I was 14, I worked in some capacity at Labrada Nutrition. Okay. Um, from the time I was 14 until 18, uh, the summers and Christmas breaks when I was in high school, I would work in the warehouse or in a delivery van riding around, checking on accounts, servicing accounts, dropping yeah. product off, this, that, and another. Um, whenever I hit 18 and I started going to school, whenever I was home for the summers and during the Christmas breaks and stuff, 
it was more of a office internship. Like I okay. worked a lot with the R and D guy, just like organizing certificates of compliance and getting them sent out to the proper people, you know, like getting products out for lab analysis to the third party labs, you know, bringing ideas to the table for R and D, but then also, you know, like I'd sit in on the management meetings. I would sit in on the marketing meetings, you know, okay. just kind of getting a, you know, like a business education that happened, uh, while I was going to school and I went to school at Texas A&M, I graduated with a bachelor's in economics. So whenever I graduated school, I uh, came to work full-time at Labrada. So I was working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week for him full-time purely on a business side yeah. before, you know, like there was not a single, there was not a single dollar involved for me being an athlete with Labrada until nationals, if that makes any sense. That's, you know what, that's pretty awesome. So you, yeah. so it's not like, Okay, I just want to clarify this because a lot of people out there might think, well, he's daddy's son and he just got handed a fucking job. But you've been like basically at the mailroom. You started in the mailroom all the way in the warehouse, all the way up to a salaried athlete. So you, nothing's been handed to you. Nothing's been handed to me. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't make a difference to most people. Most people are like, oh, it's still your dad. So that's another thing that I just kind of let roll, roll off my shoulders. Yeah. You know, it's like, in any other sport, you know, people think it's cool. Dale Earnhardt Jr. didn't get shit for becoming a good race car driver because his daddy was a good race car driver. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's a ton of legacy players in the NFL who weren't given shit because their parents were. No, I, you know. You know, it's like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. People, I feel like in our world more than other worlds, just love yeah. to just like bear down and hate on things they can find. But I bad. don't, but I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm just saying I don't think the public knew. Like, I don't think, oh. this is this is the nice thing about this podcast is I can, have these long answers with you and long questions with you. And you can let people know that, Hey, you know what? I've fucking been there. You know, I was packing boxes at 14. So that's pretty impressive. Now I, I do have another question that goes along with this and this, this is tricky. So when you're negotiating a contract with your dad as a salary, salaried athlete, how does that look? Like, is your dad like, you know, fuck you. I'm going to pay you the normal amount. Or are you like, Hey, I'm your son. You got to give me a little bit extra. Or like, how does that work? Um, it was definitely a discussion. It definitely wasn't one that ever came to any fuck yous or harsh feelings. We definitely, you know, I was just joking about that. I, I, I know you're just kidding, but yeah. yeah so, um, you know, like we had a pretty good number in mind and, um, you know, I'll say the, uh, you know, I, this, this is a pretty good illustration of how fair my father is. The number that I got paid is the same number that Sergio got paid immediately after winning nationals when okay. we had him under contract. Okay. It was not a dollar more. It was exactly what he got. And that was the premise for which he said, he goes, you know, like he, he won, he, he won nationals. He won the overall, he had the legacy name that we could use for marketing. So, you know, that, that's what it is. Yeah. So that's my athlete portion. Now I still do get, in addition to the athlete, I do a lot of work. there still in yeah, but you're working for him. Yeah. Content and stuff. So yeah, but yeah, but, so that was the first time that we had, had an, an athlete contract and it was, you know, right in line with what he had done in the past for another athlete. So it was, I don't yeah. feel like it was a give me at all. What's your, what's your deal? Is it a one year, two year, five year? How does it? Uh, one year. One, one year. year. He has all of us on one year. Pat's on a one year too. I fucking love that, man. You know, yeah. I, I think that's a testament to your father because he's like, look, you're going to work for it like everybody else. Yeah. I think that's great. Well, you know, uh, you know, giving you a long-winded answer is uh, I think a lot of people know, know this, but I don't know if the extent to which they know. But so uh, everyone on my father's side of the family from my dad and older was actually born in Cuba. Um, okay. 
Yeah, so whenever my dad was extremely little, like under three years old, I believe, was when Fidel Castro and the uh, communist regime came to power in yeah. Cuba. And my grandfather at the time saw the writing on the wall and was like, we need to get out. Yeah. Well, you know, them being the awesome uh, group of individuals that they are, that uh, Castro regime wouldn't let families live a leaf together at the same time. Okay. So okay. my dad actually came over with his aunt six months before they would let his parents leave. And the state appropriated everything when you left. You were allowed to leave with one suitcase and nothing yeah. of value. My grandmother actually sewed my grandparents' wedding rings into their suitcase oh, so they could wow. take their wedding rings yeah. to the state. Yeah. So. Whenever they got over here, you know, like my grandfather, uh, he had earned his degree in engineering in Cuba, but he got over here and obviously didn't speak English. So he took a very, 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 very low paying job. But he had no business working, yeah. having the level of education he had, he just didn't speak the language. So, you know, um, between, you know, growing up like that and seeing you know, like my grandfather going from what he did, uh, you know, coming over initially to you know, being a homeowner, you know, putting my dad and his three other siblings, you know, like through high school and through college and supporting them and everything, you know, it's, Lee grew up like working and, you yeah. know, Lee was the first American college educated male in our family. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like obviously, you know, about Labrada, he started Labrada from the ground up, but before yeah. he started Labrada and before he started competing as a professional bodybuilder, he earned a degree in engineering from the university of Houston was working full time as an engineer. So, okay. you know, like it's, grandfather and you know like my dad you know he's never hand out people never lazy people he was never like couch surfing trying to make it as a bodybuilder yeah, yeah, yeah. he was working as an engineer until he knew for he was working as an engineer until he was pro and had enough guest posings lined up to where he knew he had an income higher than what he was making yeah. for the engineering thing so you know it's like i've always had a, a good example you know like for what work will give you and you know uh and I feel like, you know, like in my life, you know, like through sports and, you know, like what's happened with bodybuilding thus far, you know, it's just been a pretty good reinforcement of put your head down and work and yeah. you know, keep on working and shit will happen. So are you, are you going to keep, a lot of people would ask you this question if you weren't working at the same place you have a contract with, but are you going to keep working while you're a, a bodybuilder or are you going to take a hiatus from like the working side of things at Labrador? You know, I, honestly, the, the working side of things ever since national has started going, you know, down and down and down and down. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Excuse me. The meal's coming back up on you. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. It was one of those things, you know, um, after winning, it was, you know, like a kind of intention, you know, like stepped away from it most all of the impersonal personal training i was doing you know like made it to where it was much easier to be able to travel in the manner in which i thought i was going to be at, at yeah. you know you know what they say about having plans though so we all know how that worked out but yeah um yeah so that's it in a nutshell it's a pretty awesome environment to be in uh it's one that's going to be interesting in the years to come though we joke about it you know because uh the way our business is headed, you know, our, our lean body line, you know, like the ready to drink yeah. protein shakes and the MRPs and the jugs, yeah. you know, that's our bread and butter that drinks the number one drink in Amazon coolers. You know, like there's a couple flavors that are outperforming some flavors of bang even in yeah, yeah. Europa's coolers. So yeah. our drink elite, like the RTDs are doing awesome. The lean body line is doing awesome. That being said, I'm not what you market to the RTD demographic. Yeah, I, know. I know, you know, I know. so it's like, we joke about it all the time. You know, it's like, I'm going to outgrow the company and the company is going to outgrow me in terms of paying me what's fair versus what I'm able to actually give back to the company. So that's right. That'll be yeah. an interesting thing when that happens. But until then we're, we're, it's, it's all good. Is it going to be, would you ever go, this is really a, you know what? It's interesting that you said that. Would you ever go to another company? 
I had a contract offer from two different very large companies that I yeah. will not name in my inbox <laughs> at different points of this year. And I actually had my father's blessing on both of them. We ended up deciding to uh, ride this out a little longer. That's pretty awesome, man. I, I, yeah. I, that's such a good story. So let me ask you a couple of personal questions. The trucks. I'm a truck. I'm a truck guy. What's going on with the trucks? What are you? What, what truck are you driving right now? The trucks, man. Okay, so um, up until last year, I had my baby. I had a 2014 uh, silver F250. It was on a nine-inch PMF lift, Fox <laughs> uh, suspension all the way around, 22 yeah. by 12 American Forces, 37s. Everything was powder coated blue. Like it was. It was a SEMA, SEMA quality build, just not yeah. SEMA size. Like, it had all the details. It just wasn't, yeah. you know, like 14 inches on 44s or something. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. I had that truck. And then, you know, did nationals. Uh, you know, like, good things happened in the wake of nationals in terms of my deals with, you know, Gasp and Labrada and other stuff. And uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, the new body style had just come out, like, earlier that year, the 2017 <laughs> yeah. to 19. So, I was like, all right, well, yeah. you know what? I found a great deal on a uh, 2017 platinum you know it was already yeah. deleted already tinted already leveled you know so it's like okay this is cool this is nice enough to me not to not like be driven crazy and have to do something to it right away so yeah i'm actually glad i ended up doing that because you know like halfway through the year ford released that they're doing the facelift at the end of this year for the 2020 yeah. super duty oh so are they they are so they're actually okay. starting to be seen out in the wild as of like last week the, the 20 2020 f-250 yeah, they got a facelift. So it's, okay. uh, they got the updated engine, 10-speed transmission, the front clip's different, and the back clip's different, but everything else okay. is the same, interior's the same and everything. So okay. mild facelift, but enough to where I'm glad that I found out about it because I'm going to build – I was going to build this truck, yeah. you know, similarly to the last one, but, you know, it would have been one of those things they get done putting 15, 20 grand into a truck. And I know. The old, the old body style the second they put it off the lift. So I've, I've been there. I think, like three, I think yeah. the plan is we're going to drive this one, uh, you know, sometime till the end of the year and then hit one of those good year-end deals that the dealerships like to run and get in the 2020 and then get on that one, getting done up and drive that for five years because I missed my old truck real bad. It's the what, one that got away. What uh, Does your girlfriend like the truck? She does like the trucks. My my fucking wife can't stand it. She's like, "Can you stop getting trucks and lifting them?" And fucking <laughs> so yeah. Well, like my my last one, my last one was pretty big. Like I said, and like this one, I've been going back and forth on. And every single time I talk about it being bigger than the last one, she kind of looks at me with this little look. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe not, maybe not that big, but you know. But you're in Texas, man. You got to have a fucking big ass truck. Oh, dude. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Do we all so, work and shoot guns down here. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to keep you too much longer. We've been on for about an hour, but I want to ask you. So you, you have a daughter, correct? I do. How old is she? I do have a daughter. She's four. And what is, how has all of this happened? I want to ask, cause I'm always really like fascinated by, cause I'm such like bodybuilding, such a selfish sport. I don't have mm-hmm. any kids. How do you get along? Like, you know, through the injuries and through the preps and through that, like, how is it all, how do you manage it all? with a four-year-old it's tough on prep yeah um you know um the injury is in the surgery and stuff she was she was a bright spot for that you know because yeah. it was you know like on the weekends that i'd have her you know it'd be like an okay well this is a nice little breath of fresh air i have something to focus on you know other than my arm the set and another um that is honestly, though, it's funny you bring that up. That's one of my biggest, you know, I'm not going to say I have any regrets about bodybuilding, but it's like yeah. one of my biggest, like, 
things in my head to where when I'm on prep, I was like, you better make this fucking count because it's like, you know, it's like, I'm, oh, I see. I'm brain dead to the point where she's not getting what she normally gets from me. And, you know, it's like, if she's yeah. not getting what she normally gets from me, you better make this fucking count. So, I see what you, mean. you know, that's, uh, that's the only time that it's ever kind of hard for me, honestly, is when I'm on prep. And, you know, I'll say this, you know, in the same breath, um, I have, you know, like about as awesome a situation as I could possibly have. Yeah. in terms of help between you know like misty and my family you know like so okay. like anytime i need to do like anything you know like quick run up to the gym film this that and another you know like misty's awesome with her yeah. or you know like misty and i train together so like anytime that we need to go to the gym i live like 12 minutes away from my parents and they love to see her yeah you know, cause we, don't, we don't have her all the time obviously so you know it, it's it's uh it's about as good a situation as could possibly be in terms of bodybuilding, you know, it doesn't yeah. impede the bodybuilding at all because I have as much help as I could possibly have. Yeah. How um how long have you been with your girl? Uh, we're uh, gonna be coming up on two years, like end of February. We're in Ar- we're in an Arnold Classic relationship. I met her like two days before <laughs> I left for the Arnold. So she uh, so, yeah. So she she's also a competitor. Uh, she is going to be doing her first show in under two weeks. But what is she competing um, in? I don't know if you've seen any pictures. It doesn't look like her first show at all. She should, uh, she should do very well. She can beat them in figure. Okay. So how is that? (laughs) So how has that been for you so far? Is her being your first show? Are you guys at each other or are you guys like cool? We're cool for the most part, man. Honestly, it's been a super good thing because it's given me so much perspective on what she deals with. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, it's given me so much perspective on, you know, what she deals with whenever I'm on prep because, you know, it's like, I've I've learned very much so, you know, like just even on the course of this prep, you know, things that once she first started getting hungry and first started getting yeah. a little snippy, you know, I got to let that shit get under my skin and I'd get tuned <laughs> up about it. And I'd be like, look here. And, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, the, the more that it goes on and the more that, you know, like I can see it just like wearing on every aspect of her life. And, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's just, it gives me a lot of perspective into what she deals with whenever, I'm on prep because I'm, I'm not going to say like I'm a basket case, but yeah. those closest to me are the ones that definitely deal with the brunt. They pay, the, mo- they pay the most, yeah. Put, put it that way. You know, it's like, because most people will say, you know, like any experience I've ever had with me, even you know, like when I'm like close to a show is, oh, he's super nice or, you know, like, like I'm just super fucked off. Like, yeah. like last four weeks, like, oh, he was a little quiet, but, you know, like he was good. You know, like I've never, like, I'd like to at least think I've never walked away from a situation with have someone going, wow, that guy's a real bitch. No, but, you no, know. That's, that's pretty good. That's better than me, man. Usually the last four weeks, nobody, <laughs> I don't need, nobody used to be around me, man. So. <laughs> But uh, nope. yeah, so those those closest to you definitely deal with the brunt of it. But it's it's just given me a lot of perspective, and uh, it, it's been it's been fun. It's it, it truly has been fun because uh, you know I I I love this. You know it's um yeah it's bodybuilding's not like a, a job to me. Like the lifestyle's not a job, and you know it's yeah. been really cool from the standpoint that you know like whenever it was finally time for me to hit the ground running and you know, like really get back to fucking business, you know, like she was starting her preps, you know, like it's yeah. been really easy for me to, you know, like eat seven times a day and, yeah. you know, stay on top of my food. You know, it's like, she's going to the grocery store every day too. She's having yeah. to eat every two and a half, three hours. She has to go to the gym for fasting and to train, you know, it's just made a environment at home that I feel like we've both have been able to very much so thrive in. And, you so, know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's been like all fucking like rainbows and <laughs> it has, you know, but, 
me with uh you know like with uh as tuned up as i am you know just naturally and then you know blasting everything right now getting my size back and then her starving and everything you know there's gonna be times where you butt heads for sure yeah. but well, uh it's I okay like we, i feel like we handle it well no it's okay because it sounds like overall you've taken a lot more positive out of it than negative yeah definitely. so so even if there's a few fights here and there it's not a big deal as long as you've it's crazy i didn't think of that aspect that you just said is you understand now how you can be better when you're dieting because you yeah. finally see what it's like to be on the other side and a lot of us don't ever get the chance to see what it's like to be on that other side like my wife's gone through it for 13 years she's yeah, I, don't, I don't know what she's going through exactly. i can imagine yeah, i can so, imagine it's so different you know like because like i'm sure you've had training partners that are doing shows you yeah. know, you deal with them for two hours a day and maybe yeah. the occasional, like, psychotic <laughs> breakdown via text message or phone call. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like, we, we live together, so it's like, and we both don't have traditional hour jobs. You know, she's a freelance yeah. graphic designer. She does, you know, uh, quite a bit of work in, like, fitness industry for, you know, like, clothing brands. And then she yeah. does, like, Ryan Patmore's, uh, several other people's, like, websites. So, she, you know, she works from home and makes her own hours. I obviously don't have really any set hours right now either, so we're around each other a lot, too. Yeah. You know, and so um, it's like, it's like, unless you have had that, like, I don't really think you're able to, you know, like, truly understand like what your significant other is going through. Cause it's not the same no, as I going agree. through it with a training partner, you know, a hundred percent. I agree. I want to ask you one more thing before you go, because you touched on it a couple of times. So it sounds like you're open to it, but if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. Uh, a lot of the older bodybuilders from like previous generations go on about current day bodybuilders and their mentality and how they're all about drugs are not about working hard and not about this and that and actually just a lot of the a lot of this generation's people that aren't really in bodybuilding are posting a lot of stuff about their cycles and all this different shit where do you where do you stand on that do you when you see a lot of this crazy shit being posted or do you ever feel the need to say anything or are you kind of like stay completely away from it and kind of do your own thing <sighs> speak your mind it's no, I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna let it rip. I'm just trying to get it organized. Um, I think the reason that you have so many tourists, and I say tourists from the standpoint that they can't even begin to imagine yeah. what you and I and people like us have dealt with—not for months, but yeah. for you know, like for, in your case, for a decade, decade, yeah. no, like a decade. Let's call yeah. it what it is. You know, yeah. I have every single day for the last 12 years fucking pounded food pounded my body you know like everything and of those 12 years you know like like i'm gonna have something to show for them and i'm gonna have something to show for them it's gonna be impressive to you even if drugs aren't involved yeah and you know something that i always like to harp on is the best in the world would still be the best in the world without the anabolics I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're going to be smaller. They might not be as hard, but they're not the best in the world because they're the best at, at, at shooting their asses with steroids. They're the best yeah. in the world because they have the best muscle insertions. They're the best in the world because they have the best structure. They're the best in the world because they have the, the muscle between their ears that allows them to do what they need to do. Okay. Um, I guess getting down to the brass tacks of it, I feel like a lot of tourists like to justify why they can't do what we do. But how and, do you feel? But how do you feel about? guys out there that are putting out their cycles and it's like way crazier than anything you would ever imagine doing like do you ever feel well, the need to do you ever feel the need to speak up and be like that's fucked or do you just 
stay away from it and hope that most people realize it's not real. There are enough people preaching my beliefs and values when it comes to anabolics that have significantly larger followings and a lot more letters after their names in some cases (laughs) that I don't feel the need to open up my mouth about it because if you wanted to know what we're actually doing and if you wanted to know what is actually safe and effective, it is very easy information to find at this point in time. You know, people, you know, and it's like, I don't have beef with any of the people that you talk about regularly on their shows. I'm not going to mention them by name. Yeah. But, you know, like the people that are going to talk about, you know, like what we do and they don't really have any clue or preach these like three, four or five gram cycles. Yeah. You know, it's like, I've never personally met someone that's been over, you know, like two grams. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I know most, pros and i've talked with most of them about it um yeah you know it's uh like i said i think it's people wanting to make excuses for not being able to be the size that we are and you know that's the only variable that they can think it is because they've eaten as much as we have and they train as hard as we do in their minds so that's the only reason it could be you know that we're so much better but you know whenever they're putting out these like it just let me ask you this. Let me ask you a separate, a separate question. The older bodybuilders that are, say, no longer active, does it bother you at all or is it discouraging or frustrating at all when you hear them say things like modern-day bodybuilders don't work hard or they don't get shredded or all this? Like, Do you feel like, in my opinion, I feel like they should be better ambassadors of the sport instead of like always complaining about it? And maybe they don't understand some of the struggles that we go through since – you know, they didn't have social media. They don't have to post their workouts. They don't have to post videos like that's stuff that we have to do now as part of our sport. So do you feel like we kind of get a negative people give people are a little harder on us than they need to be when they're, when they're kind of almost talking down or almost looking down at this generation. I feel like this generation is having to deal with what they're having to deal with largely due to the fact that people are so able to give their opinion now. Okay. Because, you know, you back up even to, you know, like when Ronnie Coleman was winning Olympias, you know, it's like you couldn't go on, you know, like, I don't know what the fuck was popular. There was, like a, there was bodybuilding forums back then. But yeah, nobody, like bodybuilding yeah. forums. But, you know, it's like, it's not like, you know, it's mainstream where it's like everywhere yeah. you go, all the people are doing is talking shit about us. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like I cannot go on any pro's page and look at a picture that he posts without it being like 25% this like clown <laughs> saying some, something or another. And I feel yeah. like, you know, I don't feel like it's, uh, you know, something that like, body, like first and foremost, I want to get this out there and being on the record and saying this bodybuilding has not like devolved over the last 10 years. No, you know, there was a once in a lifetime genetic anomaly that competed 10 years ago, but as a whole bodybuilding has not gone downhill in the last yeah. decade. I agree. It has. And there's so much talent coming up right now, like guys that are under 30. It's it's not going downhill. Yeah. It's not. And another thing, and you've touched on this before, is a lot of those guys, you know, like the people are held up for being like condition kings and like the 90s guys, they're not in as good a shape as the guys get in these days. It's just different yeah. lighting and the pictures are different. Yeah. And, you know, that's – I don't know. I just, I just feel it's a little – it's a little – as somebody who's kind of in the middle, I'm not in the nineties and I'm not in that modern day era. I feel like it's a little, it does a disservice to the sport as a whole when it's a constant, almost like a constant drum beat that the nineties, the nineties, the nineties. And I'm like, and, 
you know what I think I think you know it's one thing for the the fans or like you know like, like I say tourists and I, I do use tourist in a negative connotation because it's the people who are wanting to bash us and act like yeah. they know what we're doing I will say the fans the fans that don't do that are fans that I'm gonna call the tourists the tourists they want to you know shit, where was I going with this it's it's <laughs> um it's okay man they they I just like I said I, I just trying to organize my yeah, I'm just trying to organize my thought about this. Um, like, yeah, no, not it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I just, anyway, I just, I feel like it does does a disservice to guys like you and Sergio oh, and, and okay. Luke, and, and it, that's it, all. It's back. It's back. Okay, well, okay, go ahead. It's, it's, sorry, but no, no, say what you're saying. It's one, it's one thing for fans of the sport or tourists of the sport to constantly be beating that drum of oh, '90s is better, '90s is better, yeah, '90s is yeah, better. Yeah. But it's different for people that are part of our brotherhood. You know, i.e., people that compete that's as pros to be sitting there going, "Oh, y'all are shit." Oh, yeah. y'all are shit. Oh, y'all are shit. Okay, well, if we're so shitty, why don't you come forth and you know, like, show us, show us the way? Yeah. You know, it's like. And, and, you know, like, you know, like, instead of just saying, oh, this is shit, suggest something, you know, I don't know, like, like, Barry DeMay, Barry DeMay does a great job of, you know, like, looking at the shows, watching the shows, giving his honest feedback and saying what he thinks could improve. It's not him just going, oh, this is bullshit. It was better when I was doing it. You know, it's, you know, it's like, this is what I liked about it. I admired these these physiques. I think this could have been better. You know, it's like, if you're going to criticize, at least give, you know, like, criticisms that can be worked yeah. upon don't yeah. just go oh y'all suck like oh cool thanks that's something you can prove on yeah you know no, and you know what i actually agree exactly with what you said as far as the fans they may want to have their little debates and have their little fun their fun going back this era that era sometimes it's fun to have those debates but you're 100 percent right i think the guys that have done it and been there should be either more constructive in their criticisms or just don't say anything just just promote the sport because that's what we need anyways yeah. So anyway, um, you know, on, honestly, coming from coming from the uh, the uh, nine like the nineties guys, like I don't I don't know, like I'm not gonna say like this is their intent with it, but it almost comes across this way to me. I just kind of find it a little disrespectful, yeah. you know, that they of all people know what we're going through, yeah, and you know, like, they of all people know what we're sacrificing, and they of all people know how we feel in those weeks leading up, and they of all people know how susceptible we are, you know, like mentally slash psychologically to that feedback, especially when it's from, yeah, yeah, you know, from like, somebody like up peers, to. especially yeah. when it's from like someone the only for twenty years you've like looked up to, like you know, like Jesus Christ, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like whenever it's them saying that, you know, it's like I don't know, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't think it's the best look, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm in 100% agreement. So what, what's next? What's the next show for you? What are we doing? We're going to do New York Pro. I am, really? I'm uh, jumping on the deep end. That's a big yeah. show. You know, it's the only show I've never done that I wish I would have done. I think I'm going to do that yeah. next year, too. Yeah, so we're going to do cool stories. Here, actually, you know what? Stay right here for two seconds. Yeah, yeah, your viewers will appreciate this. All right. So before they gave rings and before it was called the night of uh, uh, the New York pro, it was called the night of champions. That's and right. That's this was the show that Lee won for his pro debut. And this plaque has been on my wall in my room ever since I won nationals last year. Cause I knew that was the show I wanted to do for my pro debut for sure. 
So, so you're trying to get one of, well, they don't give any of those anymore. Now you're going to get a I'm ring. Try, I'm trying to get a ring and it's, uh, it's going to be quite the task knowing who's going to be there for sure already. But, uh, you know, I have a, it's going to be fucking surreal. And, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to be a fanboy about it when the time actually comes, we're far enough away about it to talk about it right now. Yeah. I'm going to be getting on stage with people that I've been following since I've been in high school. Yeah. And you know, like, I'm gonna yeah. get to stand next to him, and uh, if I have who anything are, to say about it, I'm gonna look like I belong next to him. So okay, without without making you a fanboy, who are some of those people you're talking about? Oh man, dude, I'm not even I'm not even stressed about standing like sounding like a fanboy for a couple of them. Um, I think it's gonna be the coolest shit ever to get to stand next to Evan Centafani, or at least what, uh, be on, <laughs> or at least be on the same stage as him, man. Everybody uh, wants to stand next to Evan Yeah, you know, He's a he's been one of my favorite bodybuilders since yeah. uh, since I got started. You know. He was, you know, winning, you know, like at the time, like when I really decided I wanted to do bodybuilding, yeah. like he won his New York Pro in 2011, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's like that was... No, no, like, he won his New York Pro, I think it was earlier than that. It might have been 2009 or 10, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Go high, on. high won in 09, right? Okay, maybe it was 2010, because I think he won the New York Pro the year before I competed against him at the Flex Pro. Yeah, I so think high been... won in 09, but yeah, so okay, yeah. anyway, anyways, yeah, so anyway. getting to stand next to him, man, I don't know, he's just... uh another one of those guys that I when it's all said I wouldn't mind having people talk about me the way they talk about Evan you know consummate professional takes care of his family and then like has just such a badass like powerful physique to go there I'm a huge fan of his yeah. physique so it'd be crazy cool to stand next to him for sure yeah. um anybody you're else? talking about doing it right well I, I might if I can stay healthy for me it's always yeah, if I can yeah, stay there, healthy there we go but no there's got to be another name in there somewhere is it just Evan or is there somebody else Man, I thought Rami was going to be doing it. But, you want to stand uh, next to Rami? Rami's doing the Arnold. I just, dude, I, I honestly, like, I, I'm yeah. one. I, I know I know where I want to end up with, so I, I yeah. want to see where I stack up next to it right now. That's you awesome, know? man. That's You know what? That's really it's good. A, a, lot, a lot of people do the opposite thing. In fact, I did myself. Like, a lot of people, when they start, they say, well, I'm going to take a, do a smaller show and see how I do and then kind of go from there. And you're kind of laying it down. You're like, no, I'm going to go right to the big show and see. Well, you know. I'll, I'll be i'll say this it was the exact opposite path i took during my amateur career my amateur career was very methodical i did yeah. you know like a big local show won that me overall then the big yeah. regional show won that me overall then the junior level national show won that me overall yeah. then the national show won that me overall so, so you know logically you... logically you'd think i'd go to europe somewhere and do like one of the smaller european <laughs> shows but you know between between it being my dad's pro debut that he won um a lot of people know this, but I don't know if you've drawn the connection to it. Sergio's pro debut yeah, I saw that. as well. So people yeah. like to draw a lot of lines between yeah. him and I and to our father. So I think that's another cool, cool reason to do it. And then, uh, you know, lastly, I've said this, you know, that to me in my mind is the biggest show in bodybuilding that you don't need an invite for or to yeah. qualify for. And, you know, really and truly, I want, you know, I, I, I want I want to be the best. So I want to see how I stack up against the best at this point. So as of right now, I didn't even realize this. You're undefeated. As of right now, yeah, my amateur career, I did five <laughs> shows and won five shows and won the overall at four of them. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know what, man? I hope it keeps going for you. You're a good dude. And <laughs> I follow your shit on Instagram. And uh, if you're trying to model yourself after Evan, you're doing a good job, man. You're in that same, you have that same mindset and the same work ethic. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's like, it's impressive. And I, I can't wait to see what you look like in New York. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah, I can't wait either. I'm 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 ready to be done eating like this. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't that a bitch? And as a bodybuilder, you're either hungry 
or you're fucking stuffed. There's well, no- I don't I don't know who it was that you were talking about. It was like probably, I think it was like probably like Luke or something. But there's like legitimately like six weeks out of the year that we feel good, <laughs> and it's after a show when we can eat what we want and we haven't yeah. gotten heavy enough to feel like crap yet. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah I always I always think week eight to week four when you're dieting. That, that's that's that, that's another good one. Yeah, it's like a great four. I'm more, I'm more like I'm more like ten to five or ten to six. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, anyway, man, sure. I, uh, listen, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, maybe when you get closer to New York, we can bring you on again and we'll get an update and see how things are going. Definitely, man. Been wanting to make it up to the great white North too. There's something in the water up there. All you can eat well, fucking huge. I need to come me, drink <laughs> me and, uh, well me, I put a challenge out to Luke that I was going to do Indy, New York and Toronto. Okay. So if you want to do Canada, if you want to do Toronto, it's right after it's right after New York. We can just all compete together. There we go. So, I have to keep that in mind. Yeah, anyway. I've never been to Canada before. That'd be fun. Yeah, all it right, would be. Man. Okay, dude. Thank you very much for your time, man. I appreciate yeah, it. No worries. And uh, we'll uh, we'll get you on again later. Do it you... again sooner. Do it again yeah. sooner than later. Sometime early next year. All right, dude. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. Talk have to you soon. Bye, bye.